Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 143. It's now been three years, five months, and 25 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. I'm finally back recording from the podcast rock down at my local park. Yay! Last night at my voiceover workout group, I actually wore sneakers, which means my broken pinky toe is recovering enough for me to at least walk from my car to the rock. And fingers crossed for a trip up the mountain before the end of summer. I decided I wanted to come down here to record an episode before Mark and I left for Vegas to celebrate one of his milestone birthdays because something I said last show in answer to Stephanie's secret topic of the day really, really hit me between the eyes as something I wanted to let go of. So, after our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll share what I was inspired to let go of today. After that, we'll hear comments from Donnie and Stephanie from Quebec with thoughts about our last show, where I shared my latest experience putting my mother to rest back home in Tacoma, as well as Stephanie's secret topic. And included in Stephanie's comment is a great tip that we can all use to become more positive. I want to give a couple of quick thank yous and then we'll wrap up as Mark goes on the bravery report for returning with his thoughts as Mark the Meditator, where he shares some vulnerable truths from his heart. So stay tuned while we listen to Josh and then you'll hear what my answer to Stephanie inspired me to let go of today. But I'm letting go. Josh, 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 I love to hear that snippet, even though I was already inspired to let something go from my answer to Stephanie's secret topic of the day in day 142. To review BCs, I don't listen to Stephanie's question until I'm going to record the answer, and then I record whatever comes out right there and then. And usually I'm quite entertained by my unconscious responses, but this time I was so shocked I almost edited part of my answer out but then decided to let it stand so I could deal with it today. So to put today's letting go segment in context, here's the snippet of that answer that smacked me right between the eyes when I heard it. The journey that I've been sharing here with you guys on Compulsive Overeating Diary is how I've been learning to apply mindfulness to eating. And it ain't easy, sister, I tell you. It is not easy. And anyone who says otherwise is a liar. Because those people to who intuitive eating is easy are those who do not have eating issues. How about that, BCs? I actually said out loud that intuitive eating is hard and anyone who says different is a liar. Now, I know those of you that have been listening to me for a long time know that I can go on a rant, but I usually don't call people liars. And that just tells me that in my subconscious is this idea that intuitive eating is really difficult and 
I believe it so strongly that I'm saying anyone who disagrees with that statement is not telling the truth. That means that subconsciously, I, Lori, believe this to be an absolute truth. Now, usually I'm not even a big fan of absolute truth, you know, because people find things and to be different. They experience things in a different way. So this was really, 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 really telling to me. And I thought, aha, maybe the reason why sometimes intuitive eating is difficult for you, Lori, is because somewhere in the rock bottom of your subconscious thoughts is this foundation that states, Lori, as part of your identity, you believe that diets are easy and intuitive eating is hard. Wow. Now, just because I've had all this experience with diets, you know, what you practice becomes easier. And I have 50 years of practicing being on a diet and having diet thoughts and body thoughts in that context. I only have a couple of years of practice with intuitive eating and actually trusting my body to know when it's hungry and actually trusting myself that I'm not going to go hog wild if I'm at a party and I see a buffet or I've got chips in the cupboard or I pass by a bakery or any of these things that used to trigger me to eat whether I was hungry or not whether something looked delicious or not, those things that caused me to worry continuously about what kind of food might I run into and what could I order if I was invited to a restaurant and all of this kind of stuff, yada, yada, yada. And I know that intuitive eating for me did not begin to be as easy as a diet because there's not really rules to follow. And I'm a very literal person or have been anyway, (laughs) I've been a literal person who is quite fond of lists of rules so I can know that yes, I'm following a rule or no, I'm not. And it's very straightforward and I don't have to worry about the wiggle room. That's also known as, ta-da, black and white thinking. So I have consciously over the course of this show let go of a lot of things or at least put into my mind I'm going to let go of a lot of things and I really have made progress at letting go. But now I realize that I need to work with my meditation or with affirmations or vision boards or just repeating to myself at night before I fall asleep some things that might change my subconscious attitude. Because as long as my subconscious is convinced that intuitive eating is super, super difficult, and that is an absolute lie that intuitive eating could be easy, I don't think I'm going to make as much progress as I might. What do you think? (laughs) I mean, I think that's true for any endeavor in life. Another subconscious thought that I've really been working on a lot is I always thought that no matter what I did, I was going to disappoint people. And the flip side, I expected mostly to be disappointed by other people. So how did that impact my behavior is that I usually did find some way to be disappointing, to get in my own way of success, to flub up. And I tended to focus on the things that happened with others that would disappoint me. I would think to myself, oh, I know I'm going to be disappointed. And sure enough, I would find a way to prove myself right because we all want to be right. Now, I've pretty much worked through that one. I no longer expect to be disappointed. And guess what? I'm usually not. 
usually I'm happily surprised by support, by good things, by fun, by chances to do cool things. And disappointing things kind of roll off my back. I remember I did a show long ago that said disappointment is not devastation. Again, learning to deal with things in a more rational, sort of proportional manner than what my black and white compulsive mind like to do. But this one, that intuitive eating is hard. I had not really given that a lot of attention before. But as I said, when Stephanie asked this question, and I was just doing my ramp, la, 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 well, Stephanie, la, 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 like I always do, this came out with such force. And when I was editing, I literally almost said, wow, I don't want to put that on the air. I'm going to chop this out. But that was my answer. That was my answer in that day. And I let it stand because that's how I felt that day. And that's what I believed. And that's what I thought. Now, the rest of the answer about all of us being good at some things and some things being easy for us and that it's natural to wish that everything in the world we want was easy for us, all of that answer I'm perfectly happy with. It was very entertained by it. But I really, really, really was shocked at me calling people a liar if they disagreed with my statement. Now, I don't think I was really calling other people liars if they disagreed with that statement. From the strength of the emotion of it, that's a clue to me that I'm telling myself, Lori, if you think any different, you are a liar. You are telling an untruth. Now, consciously, I don't believe that. I believe that intuitive eating can be incorporated as a lifestyle. Just like if I wanted to be a vegan for every one of my meals, I could incorporate that into my lifestyle. If that was my wish and that was my strong value and that's what I wanted to do, I wouldn't be agonizing over it. That would be aligned with my values. That'd be what I wanted to do and that's what I would do. I know plenty of vegans, and that's why I'm using it for an example. I eat vegan a lot. I am not a vegan but I have a lot of friends who are vegan and they don't struggle with being vegan. They made their decisions for whatever reason they made their decision and they're happy with it. They love their life. They love that kind of food and they don't stress about it. When they go out to a restaurant, they find something to eat that, that fits into that. They don't worry about it, you know what I mean? Except for when they're going places where it might be more difficult, but they don't feel bad in themselves. They accept that. And with my intuitive eating, I had actually thought that I was that way with myself, that I was accepting of it because I've been doing it now for a few years and that's sort of my natural thing to do. But the more I thought about it and the guilt that sometimes hits me if I'm not eating perfectly according to some of the guidelines of intuitive eating, and part of the guidelines of intuitive eating is to heck with all the guidelines. Listen to yourself, listen to your needs, don't have a diet mentality, don't have food police, don't do any of that. Because life is here to be lived. Your body really wants to be fed with nutritious things. And your psychology sometimes is going to eat purely for fun. And if you allow for that, it will be okay and not trigger the robot aliens to come take you away and raid every darn chip in the cupboard. And I have found that that is pretty much true for me. If I'm following along in the, my understanding and appreciation of intuitive eating, I can go through life pretty okay. And 
I don't really put on weight and my weight doesn't vary a very great deal, which is new to me. And I appreciate that and like that. Even though, as I've said many times, I would sort of like it if maybe my weight could not vary a little bit lower than it is right now, but still. I see that I am convinced or was convinced or was that day convinced that intuitive eating could not become natural to me to the place where it isn't hard. And I'm going to let that go. I am going to let that go. I say right now, subconscious you and me are gonna have some affirmation talk because I think intuitive eating is actually natural. And it's certainly not as psychologically hard for me as being on a diet. And the fact that my mind wants to think that having a bunch of rules to follow is more easy than not, just shows me that I have a little more letting go to do. So thanks brave companions for sitting here with me on this noisy, noisy podcast rock so that I had the chance to let go of this subconscious thought. And from now on, intuitive eating is just going to be as natural to me as breathing. After our last show, Donnie posted this comment. I appreciate your sharing this emotional adventure, Lori. Admittedly, it was difficult for me to listen to parts, but I'm certain it was just as hard for you to feel them. I hope your new phase of life comes with peace and comfort. I'm so glad for the secret question and the thoughts it led you to. I needed to hear that segment. It was so good for me. I appreciate you in this show. I'm going through so much right now, stressful and emotional. My husband isn't dealing well with all the things either. So adding that in addition to my shoulders on top of the actual stuff too. Whoa, running into trouble trying to secure a home loan and time is going so fast. My husband deals with change and the unknown worse than I do. It's not a good combination when we are both off the rails. Whoops. At least it's summer and we have full sun and a lot of it. I love this show and I'm so thankful for friends. I feel like I'm there and interacting, truly comforting. Thank you, friends. And I wrote back, Donnie, I can't even imagine the upheaval you're experiencing with leaving your house and home and having dismantle the same, sending positive support vibes for you and your hubby. It seems we are both entering new chapters in our lives. Like it or not, here we come. I too was so happy that Stephanie returned with a new secret topic for me. My answer on listening back was not what I would expect and gave me some new things to work on too. I'm glad you are here with me. It does make these interesting challenges just a little bit lighter, XOXO. Then Stephanie herself stopped in with these comments. Hi BCs, Lori, what an emotional show and how you finish by letting go of the past to focus on the present with its blessings is so much wisdom. Your words were touching and soothing and your words were so well said that I must say I felt a strong urge to call my mother and tell her I love her, which I did. I hope you find peace and I send you the most tender thoughts and a big, big hug. To you too, Donnie, as you are hitting a rough spot, I send you love and patience. Thanks for your answer to the secret topic, Lori. The main idea that I keep from your answer is about how we all have things that come easier to us than others. As part of my list of things that I do easily with almost no effort, teach, art, 
sleep, empathy, job interviews. I guess I need to let go of the feeling of, I wish I was better at this, letting go of the feeling of resignation, letting go of the feeling of sigh, letting go of the feeling of impression that it will be an eternal battle, letting go over and over, letting go of being tired to let go. We all have our battles, but we can choose to give them less importance. Take care, Stephanie XX. My reply, oh, Stephanie, I can think of no better tribute that my mom would have enjoyed than knowing you sent love to yours after hearing our story. Thank you for sharing that. It was a very emotional time. But I can truly say that hard as it was, it has helped me to move on very much. I really like your takeaway from my secret topic answer. And I think this would be a great tip for all of us BCs to create lists of what we are actually good at. It seems that we sometimes get mired down into all that we lack versus celebrating what talents or joys we have. So here's my list for today. I am naturally good at one, talking, two, writing stories, three, handling cats, four, telling jokes, five, motivating and encouraging people. I'm going to read my list this next show in your list, and I hope it might inspire other BCs to share their lists of strengths too. So BCs, like Stephanie, I would love to hear your list of what comes easily to you. And while I know it is so tempting to say, nothing comes easy to me, that's not actually true. Everyone has some things that are in their natural wheelhouse. So please call the Bravery Hotline, use SpeakPipe, or come comment on day 143 at CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com because I would love, love, love to have some positive things to think about and talk about next show. And I feel positive that my heart thanks the Amazon shoppers who've been using the COD link that's found on the website prior to doing their Amazon shopping. That small little commissions are really adding up and is such a big help to Mark and me so that we can keep the show up and running as we do. Another positive thank you goes out to BC Mary S who is doing a special secret project with me. She knows what it is and I'm very grateful. Smooch to you, Mary. I am also grateful and very humble that Mark is on the Bravery Report today. He agreed to discuss more about his journey with meditation and mindfulness and was very open and very vulnerable, which I know is very, very difficult for him. I edited this segment as he listened, so I want you to know that every word is approved by Mark. Wow, his openness as Mark the Meditator proves that meditation can bring some positive surprises. Let's take a moment's pause with Mark, the Meditator. Well, I'm really happy to have you come visit us again, Mr. Meditator. Thanks for coming to the studio. Well, as Mr. Meditator, I'm more than happy to, to come and participate. <laughs> That's great. And are you feeling very mindful today? Yes, I'm very mindful today. Well, that's really handy because in the last couple of shows, the Brave Companions have mentioned, and I agree, that it's easy to want to be mindful, but sometimes it's really tough in those situations where being mindful would come in handy to actually be mindful. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yes. 
when I do, when I take on a new task and it doesn't go well, like we were doing some dancing lessons and for a while, anytime someone would cut us off, I would kind of throw them a dirty look. And anyway, I've came to realize through meditation and, and trying to be more positive that we're, the whole point is to have fun. And that's, that's the whole point, period. And I think that that's why the meditation helped me be more mindful. Wow, it's kind of like the don't sweat the small stuff. Yes, it's like I think of mindfulness versus my mindful mess. So by being more mindful, I clean up some of that mess. I get rid of some of the negative stuff, and I replace it with some positive stuff. Wow, that's a really good tip. So if you find yourself like putting yourself down or getting really angry or having like negative voices talking in your ear to yourself, you can say, that's just my mind mess. Yes, that's my mind mess, definitely. And and that pokes its ugly head out all the time. But now I have some tools to deal with it. So instead, you're going to use your mindfulness. And so if you're in the middle of that rage, like there we are waltzing around the dance floor doing our new move that we just learned and being all smooth and cool and somebody just cuts us off and you're tempted to give them the evil stink eye, what would be your actual process to turn that mess into mindfulness? Well, my process is almost became automatic. I think at first it was listening to the affirmation, you know, the, the affirmations. <laughs> the affirmations. Okay, the affirmations. Those, those kind of get into your head. And a lot of times now, if I get angry or want to do something negative, they just kind of pop up, you know, and that's helping. So... What do you hear when someone's cutting you off on the dance floor? I cultivate patience. And by so doing, I gain confidence also. Ooh, that's cool. So you actually hear this affirmation in your head after the negative thought appears. But at this point, you have a choice, right? You could either say, screw you, affirmation, I'm really pissed. Or you could say, Yes, I want to follow that affirmation. Yes, precisely. And it doesn't work 100% of the time, but it works more and more as I practice. And why do you think that is? Well, I think because you have deep-seated stuff that can really poke your buttons. The, you know, the bigger the button that gets pushed, the harder to overcome. I think that's true. I think like with us, with our eating issues on this show, a lot of us have these buttons that bring in the robot aliens, as I call it, or other behaviors that we might not appreciate in ourselves <laughs> in our dealings with food. So you have more of these dealings with your anger side. That's sort of your robot aliens, or they, they take you over and turn you from the funny, peaceful mark that we know into kind of this mean mark. Yeah, they turn me into a monster. As they say, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you don't get good results. And so basically, but 
that's a hard lesson to learn because the, bo the button gets pushed, I get mad, I yell, and then afterwards, I'm like very embarrassed that I do that, but I keep doing it. I think that the affirmations actually help me get control of that. And even when I do temporarily lose control, they help me recover much faster. Yep, I agree with that. And again, with Mark, his buttons are more about some of his anger issues. With me, it's more, this behavior could be described like, oh no, I went and ate this bag of chips when I meant not to. When I thought I would deal with my disappointments or my anger or my other issues by doing something different. But affirmations really do help. They help. They, they really do help. And I keep constantly progressing and doing better and better. Yep. And I would say over the many, many years I've been doing this show, the meditation is helping me to focus on being positive. And when I have those thoughts of using food in a way that might not be what I was hoping for, a lot of the time those affirmative thoughts, those positive thoughts, help me take that moment to choose a path that I would be a little more proud of. Yeah, and there you go, building confidence. Because uh, if you're proud, you're confident. And that's just one of the affirmations. The others kind of reinforce, they all reinforce each other. Well, I guess I'll have to have you come back again and we'll talk about some more. So this was our affirmation about building patience to cultivate yes. confidence. Yes, it's cultivating patience to also cultivate confidence. Well, I have confidence in you, honey. Okay, well, I'm very confident in you too, sweetheart. Okay. Well, until next time, we say goodbye to Mr. Mark, the meditator. Goodbye. Can someone ring the gong? Until next time, VCs, be mindful of your hearts and take care because I and Mark really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone, it won't be holding on. Bye.